Welcome to Crazy Careers to Consider, the podcast, as our title says, about unusual careers that are out there. I am Zen and your MC for today, and once again, in our virtual studio, is my co-host, Tim. Virtually, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Virtually, virtually, yeah. Today, we have an interesting career if you like to travel. It is teaching English as a foreign language. And correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Tim, you did have you have experience in this area, right? You you did this. Yep, absolutely. I taught English in South Korea. Um, it was right after I graduated from college, and I was directionless, as a lot of people are right out of college, or maybe not anymore. But back when I went to college, a lot of people just kind of came out and were like, "Well, what do I do now?" Um, and I basically found this through uh, my school's, my school had a website about, uh, about opportunities after graduating. And I'd also talked about someone who went to graduate school. I was considering going to graduate school and I talked to someone who was in our MFA master of fine arts, uh, creative writing program. And they told me that they taught English in Japan uh, right before they entered grad program, their grad program. They said it was a good experience and kind of broke up undergrad to graduate, graduate school. Um, so I decided to check it out and I found a, a school in South Korea and basically took the leap. And it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. It was, it was super cool. Um, it was, it was crazy how fast it happened too. I looked it up and then within a month I was there. Um, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was really fast forwarded. So the school basically I didn't, I did a phone interview. Um, this is, uh, feeling old right now. This is before all this Zoom and video conferencing. So I did a phone interview with the owner of the school, and um, funny enough, I had to send a, I had to send headshots. <laughs> so okay. they saw what I looked like, which is a little strange. But um, and then I, I did a phone interview, um, and they basically signed me onto a contract for a year, and they fast forwarded everything. So. Uh, bought the tickets and then I just showed up at the airport all by myself. Um, and some guy was there with a sign <laughs> like in the movies oh my God. drove me from the airport in Incheon to my house or my, my, my apartment that they rented for me. Um, and got there and was in Korea and <laughs> spent a year there. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that means you have a little bit of firsthand knowledge on this. Oh, yeah. So this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, but before we keep going on, uh, let's let's skip. Let's have a quick word from our sponsor, and uh, we'll get. We'll, I want to hear more about this. Help! I need a new career podcast. Is sponsored by the University of California Irvine Division of Continuing Education, a U.S. News Top Ten Public University. Do you have a career goal? With over 60 certificates, we've helped over a quarter million students achieve theirs, and we can help you achieve yours too. To learn more, you can find us at ce.uci.edu forward slash DCE. And once again, ce.uci.edu forward slash DCE. Dream big. Take risks. Be amazing. Timmy, I think you already kind of touched upon this. So you you wanted to teach English, but wh- why Korea? How come you chose Korea versus that's, somewhere else? That's a good question. And um, Korea has a really big uh, they they have a lot of interest in teaching 
their kids all, all over the world. It's like this, but they have a big interest in teaching their kids from a very young age how to not only speak English, but to become more or less fluent. In it. Um, and the expectation is that a lot of these people will be doing either business with the United States or people in English speaking countries. And, you know, English is, you know, for better or worse, it's, 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 it's a global language, right? Um, it's at least the language of business. That's for certain. It is. And I think that's why it becomes important. And a lot of these, um, and, and <clears throat> so that, that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of opportunities in South Korea to do this. And mm-hmm. also the, the living expenses weren't as expensive as in Japan. So the, the bigger, the most options I saw, um, in, in Asia happened to be in South Korea, Japan, or, um, Thailand. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Um, so South Korea was, was just kind of like a nicer way for me to, to or it's kind of like a, I was just interested in the culture. And I think that the living, the cost of living was much cheaper than Japan. Um, and it was just a good opportunity. It was a good opportunity for me to save money too, while, while doing something really, um, impactful and exploring mm-hmm. a country. So it, it was, it was a really great experience. all around. So how did you, so, so would that be something like, um, teaching English as a foreign language? Is that what you were doing or? Yes. Okay. And, and yeah. did you personally do have training or I know lots of people have training and I was wondering how did, how, how did you do it? So it's, it's interesting and things, things probably changed and they, they, probably, they might've morphed a little bit, but, um, I, I didn't have any formal training before I went. I, I basically showed up and, and you can get into schools like this. It all depends on what you're teaching. And I was teaching, I should have started with what ages I was teaching. Um, I was teaching like preschool slash kindergarten all the way through high school. So it wasn't anyone who was uh, older or any kind of secondary education. Um, It was all younger kids, right? Mm -hmm. So the school that I taught at was a chain of schools, um, almost like you have chains of Montessori schools here and whatnot. And they had a very, um, they had a format that they followed. And so when I showed up, uh, I had like a couple weeks, I think, of just, talking with the Korean staff and uh, the teachers there and, and learning, you know, basically what, the, what their operation looks like and how it operates. Um, and then they just have like a really kind of strict format with the students. Like they, what about what they read, what they learn, you go week to week. Um, so mine was a little bit more structured and I think that made it a little bit easier for someone who doesn't have any formal uh, teaching skills. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And what study did you teach in? What's that? What word did you teach? So I, I, <laughs> I taught in a city called Shiwa, and it was uh, about 45 minutes train ride outside of Seoul. Um, so it was a little bit of commute into Seoul, but um, it was a basically a suburb. So, you know, it's like a suburb of a massive city. Seoul is a huge city. Um, and that was, that was another part of this whole experience that was really cool is one of the things, I mean, obviously – you get into it to teach the, the, these kids how to speak English and you get to see how quickly they learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you go, when you take a step back after even just one month of teaching six year olds or five year olds who've never spoken a word of English before, and then now see them uh, putting together full sentences and being able to answer mm-hmm. questions, it's really cool. Um, but the other side of it too is, is really getting to explore and immerse yourself in a culture. It's kind of like, 
uh, an extended, it's not vacation because you're working, but mm-hmm. you know, what, sometimes when you go on vacation, you know, you go, you go on vacation somewhere, somewhere really cool where there's like a, a big cultural element to it. If you're only there for like a week or two weeks, it seems like it's very rushed. Um, this, right. this, because it was a year, it kind of allowed me to take my time. Um, you know what I mean? It allowed me to take my time to experience the culture and really immerse myself in it, which was another part of it that was really, really cool. It, do you speak Korean? Not anymore. Um, I, I lost that pretty quickly, but I, I learned to um, read and write in it a little bit while I was there. Um, oh, so you didn't know Korean before you went to no. Korea. Okay. No. And that that, that, uh, that um, made for some adventures with... Uh, food uh, <laughs> you get a menu that has no pictures on it and you're just kind of like i have this and you just kind of shoot in the dark and and sometimes it's a not a good choice um <laughs> that was actually you know it was funny because that was actually the, the, the one of the things i experienced right away so i got off the plane took like that it was like an hour plus uh, car ride back to my apartment they dropped me off and it was nighttime um, you know, cause when you fly from here to, to Asia, it can be a little, it's obviously always tricky because that much time goes into that flight. Um, you know, I had, I had money, they gave me some money and I went to the, the little grocery store they had in the town and I looked at shampoo and conditioner and mm-hmm. I couldn't tell which is which because all of it was in Korean. There was nothing in English. So I didn't even know what I was buying. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> um so, uh, t- t- tell me about your support there. You didn't speak Korean. Mm-hmm. And, um, so did you meet other Americans or Canadians or people who spoke English beyond the staff to help you out with learning and, and teaching and such? Yes, absolutely. And I think, I think that's one of the things that makes it, um, that's another thing that makes it such a great experience is you really do connect with, uh, other teachers, um, when you're when you're in a, a foreign country where you don't speak the native language and there's a group of other people in the same boat in the same city, you kind of become attached and kind of form a close circle, I guess. Um, so there was about there was only my the school I taught it was pretty small, but um, I think there was six, know, five teachers. Um, mm-hmm. We were all very close. And then there was a um, another school in the same little town that we taught in and that one had about 10 to 12 teachers and so we hung out quite a bit all of us and we'd go into Seoul and, and you know do other other things together but yeah that's a big support group <clears throat> it really helps out because sometimes if especially when you're in your school because I, I basically I'd start the day at like say 8 30 in the morning mm-hmm. with the with the five and six year olds um and that went until 12 right or 12 12 o'clock no, until one. There was, there was a lunch, and then and we came back. But you know, and during the breaks, you can kind of commiserate with your coworkers and, and get a feel for how what they're struggling with or what, what tips they might have. Um, but yeah, there's there's a, that that helps a lot when you have other English speaking teachers there um, to kind of help you get into uh, a groove, right. So, um, you said you did it for a year or how long did you do it? I did it for a year and I was, I was contemplating staying for another one. Um, Mm -hmm. but I heard that a lot of people, if you sign on for a second year, the chances are you might just end up staying there. 
Um, mm-hmm. My roommate, and this is another reason I chose Korea too. I mean, we had we had the best apartment. <laughs> it was it was what he he came from Canada, um, and he was teaching at a school in Seoul before he came to our school. Um, but he uh, he moved in, and I I had a three bedroom apartment all to myself for about two months <laughs> before mm-hmm. he moved in, and um, it, it you know. It, it was, um, it was just, it was just a, it was a great experience. I think it, it just, um, it, it's very, very, really, really cool. So you met some people who also, um, I do also know people who have made it a career actually mm-hmm. just to continue to speak. Um, but you did it for one year, but did you meet other people who do have done it as a career? Yeah. So actually, like your- that, that's, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Uh, <laughs> this virtual, virtual recording is getting to me. Um, but what I was going to say is my roommate at the time, he was already there for a year. So he came on, signed a contract with our school. And by the time I was leaving, he was already renegotiating to sign again. And he ended mm-hmm. up, he ended up uh, dating and then marrying the receptionist at our school who was Korean. So oh, he's, he's there. Like that's, that's where he lives. He's now. still there. Oh yeah. yeah. So, okay. So yeah. some people actually do make it a career, mm-hmm. but you decided it was a transition kind of job. Yeah, it was a transition job. I, you know, I could have easily stayed another year because the thing is, when if, if you stay in an area where the cost of living is is pretty good, and it, it depends on the school. I don't think all schools do this, but uh, my school basically paid for the rent of my apartment, and they also served breakfast and lunch at the school. So if you were very miserly you could come out of that making, you know, saving quite a bit of money. Um, right. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of like cultural things there. They're, they're very different from here being that no one, no, there's no tipping involved. Um, for, so when you go out to eat or you take a, ta- a, a cab ride somewhere, you don't tip. It's just, it's rude to tip actually. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's, uh, there's certain things where you can actually save a lot of money in the process. So, did it help you? How do you feel that oh, since you used it as a as a transition, do you believe this is something that you find beneficial in the cr- transition of your career as I time mean, went by? Yeah, I do. I think I think one of the reasons why is I think that teaching, especially teaching another language to, to people, you know, speaking teaching English as a foreign language, um, you know, I, I it, it really teaches you patience, mm-hmm. I think, and it, it teaches you to. Um, understand the learning process of other people. So it kind of helps you get out of your own head and try to try to work with other folks um, with their own learning style. And I think when you're in, when you're in the business setting, you're meeting with people, everyone has a bit different style of doing business, right? Everyone has a different way they approach going to work. Um, Some people are type A, some people need to be drawn out a little bit. And I think teaching kind of teaches you a little bit more sympathy and empathy for those, those types of folks, um, and how to deal with them. And I think this is, you know, I I think that was hugely beneficial. Got it. Cool. So I'm going to go on. Uh, so we learned your path, your Uh personal experiences. Um, I will really quickly, um, luckily I know uh, only a little bit, but secondhand about this, uh, how to become one. And the reason why is, the University of California Irvine Division of Continuing Education 
also offers a um, certificate program in teaching English as a foreign language. And I happen to know some of those instructors. So they, at the university, who is our sponsor, um, they have an intensive program designed to help those who have little or no teaching experience in um in teaching another language and to help people transition into an international adventure, essentially. So the University of California has over 30 years of experience in this area. And lots of our, uh, lots of their students, lots of our students have gone to teach on, teach at Japan, in Japan, South Korea, France, Chile, just to name a few of those places. Mm-hmm. So if what, if you don't feel confident enough to work with an agency and, and you can't, find something for um and like just for elementary school children going for there are a lot of uci division of continuing education is a great school there are other schools out there we think ours is the best because they're Mm -hmm. sponsored too (laughs) but there are many ways you can go into the field so if you are interested you should take a look of their courses you can find them at ce.uci.edu once again, ce.uci.edu. I think this is the first time we've ever made a pitch in this podcast. I think it's, I think so too. A direct pick, a it, direct pitch. But it was it's so very cool. unusual. It was so, so. seen then. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. So, but <laughs> cool. also, it, uh, it is also a good point because I think you know if if you want to really position yourself to have a, a leg up and to potentially get in with a better school or or. Uh, sharpen your skills in that regard, then, then taking a course or taking some courses or a program um, can really be beneficial. I think, yeah. um, you know, for me, I was like, I was so young. I was like a deer in headlights when I just showed up there. And luckily the school I taught at had a, had a, you know, a, a formula or format that they wanted to follow. But, you know, I think if they hadn't, it would have been relatively tricky. <laughs> right. So, Okay, well, I think that's all the time we have for this podcast. If you enjoyed our show, we'd love you if you give us um, five stars on iTunes or Google Play to increase our rankings so others can find us too. And once again, if you have an interest in um, taking some TEFL courses, project management, human resources, or others, um, once again, check out our sponsors at ce.uci.edu. Once again, ce.uci.edu. And with that, we're going to see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>